The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. Agave if you're a vegan. Oh, no. Okay. No, too no. much for too much fructose. Don't open yeah. the uh, don't open the agave <laughs> argument. That, oh. I tell you, I've heard enough agave to last me a lifetime. You guys probably talk a lot about agave more than most people. <laughs> I don't think I've it's, ever said that, have I? <laughs> it's, it's about the only non-healthy thing on this show is the fact that we talk too much about agave. <laughs> from her closet high above the streets of Toronto. This is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, Leanne Philipson. Tea is the second most consumed drink in the world, next to water that is. So answer this, if you could only drink one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Beer. Okay, there we go. <laughs> we could pretty we can pretty much end it right now. <laughs> Now, there is water in beer, so I'll give you that one. Okay. I think I think I would say I would say water. Okay. But I might I might get bored of it because really I it's pretty much all I drink all day is water or tea. You know, I'd agree. There are some great functional medicine doctors out there that actually say that tea is the best drink that you can have. You can vary what's, you know, whatever the taste is that's in your cup. And there are some major benefits like antioxidants that can be antibacterial, anti-inflammatory, and even antiviral. These properties, well, each tea has their own individual benefits, of course, depending on what's in the tea bag or even in the loose leaf tea. From the history books and the ancient legend stories, a leaf falling into Shen Nung's mouth over 6,000 years ago started the story of tea. The story unfolds with like clipper boats, opium trades between China and England. Oh, tea is amazing that tea actually made it all the way around the globe. It is such a fascinating story, but I'll leave that to Google to share some more with you. All traditional teas, they actually come from leaves from the Camellia sinensis plant. I hope I've said that right. The white tea, the green tea, the oolong tea, and the black tea. And there is even one called Pu'ar. Then there's the whole herbal tea thing, and that's been taken to a whole other level. If you just think about chamomile, for instance, it's lovely and calming, it's a great one to have before bed, or maybe some mint tea that's super soothing for your bloated belly. Well, those are the typical ones that you think of when you think herb teas. But then there's the fruity tutti tea, there's the powerful turmeric for your health, and teas for your cough, and teas that are helping new moms increase their breast milk, and of course, what any herbalist or traditional Chinese medicine doctor prescribes as part of the treatment for whatever ailment you went in the first place. Tea is a broad term for what was once made in the cake form way back when, 6,000 years ago, of all these dried leaves put into a cake and then they poured boiling water over it. You can either have loose tea, you can have it in a leaf or, you know, in a, in a bag with all the leaves going around in the bag and in various shapes and sizes. So let's talk about it today on Eat This with Leanne, what's not to love about tea. 
from those early stories of tea in China, tea spread to Japan. That Japanese tea ceremony is still such a strong tradition. It's steeped in their history and their culture, with green tea and even more powerful tea and antioxidant-rich matcha is their tea of choice. India, well, that's the land of the chai tea with those deep, warming flavors of cardamom, ginger, cinnamon, and clove. Morocco, they have their Moroccan tea with a blend of black tea and mint leaves. Now, I actually had the pleasure of having real Moroccan tea in the markets of Marrakesh. And that was such a beautiful experience, even though the lovely little delicate spoon that they were stirring with just about stood up with all the sugar that they added to it. It was insane. <laughs> now that Moroccan mint tea, it is at the heart of their culture and the heart of their day. It was such a beautiful experience, so much so that I thought I have to take some of those glasses home with me and I'm going to keep up with this tradition. I just love it. Well, I brought the glasses back. They didn't break, but I never really kept going with that tradition. Now, the New Zealanders, they have a tea break, not a coffee break, as most of us in North America and other parts of the world do. In the U.S., tea, well, it's really known more for being an iced version, probably laden with sugar, just like everywhere else. I lived in Britain for 15 years and visited many times before I moved there when I was 15, so I fully understand the classic afternoon cuppa. And that whole tea culture is so important. And this like almighty cup of tea that you pretty much get handed as you walk into someone's house, you go for a visit, you go for a visit, you know, you go and see somebody and all of a sudden you're like, here, would you like a cup of tea? And you think, really, I was just popping in and I got to go. I don't even have time for a cup of tea, but it's almost rude if you don't. Now, as I grew up, that whole afternoon tea, that looked like finger sandwiches with the crusts cut off, tea cakes plenty, and my aunt's epic, epic profiteroles, and one of my favorites, the Battenberg cake, or what we called window cake, which I absolutely still adore today. So I have so many fond memories of an afternoon tea, which was far more than that actual cup. Really, it was just a feast of sweets with the largest teapot that you've ever seen that seemed absolutely bottomless. Along with the tea traditions and experience, studies have long been saying that when you drink tea, you're actually supporting your bones. It's helping you to have a healthier heart, a clearer mind, improve your muscle endurance, and even decrease the risk of Parkinson's, Alzheimer, and even cancer. When you make that hot cuppa with a bag of whatever it is that you're choosing today, you can actually even make, strengthen your immune system by protecting it against oxidative damage and free radicals. Now, we talked a lot about that last week when I was talking about fats and oils. So if you need more on that, head back to episode 57. But what kind of tea should you drink? First, I'd suggest one that you actually enjoy and like the taste of. And then maybe next go for a tea that has a purpose. Every kind of tea has its own unique health-promoting antioxidant properties. They all have antioxidants. So let's just quickly talk about some of them before I bring on my guest today, who's an actually a tea sommelier. So green tea, that one is loaded with the catechins. These are the well-studied ECGCs, and they help protect your cells against those harmful free radicals and all those environmental stressors out there. Black teas, they're high in teaflavins, 
all the antioxidants have these crazy names. And this particular one in black tea, it acts as a prebiotics to support your healthy digestion. Now, because 80% of your immune system lives in your gut, then this is great because the tea is getting in there and it's helping. When you think of your immune system and that connection to your gut, you can kind of think of it as like a ground zero for healthy immunity. Herbal teas, well, they have powerful polyphenols, and those are the powerhouses. There are rare antioxidants in something like a rooibos tea. Well, that's a, a red tea, my least favorite, I have to say. But they're highly regarded for their ability to help support your body's cellular response system. They don't really mess around. So rather than me share all that I know about tea and all the stories that I have, I thought speaking with Jennifer Commons, a certified tea sommelier and the founder and CEO of Pluck Tea, would bring a whole other level to this episode. Jennifer is also located in Toronto. Not that that meant that we could get together, but still, she's local and she's also a fellow entrepreneur. I'll tip my hat to her as she's done some incredible work and was recently recognized as the Women of Inspiration as a Game Changer awarded in 2020 from the Universal Women's Network for her work in changing the tea landscape in Canada. Nicely done, Jennifer, and welcome to Eat This with Leanne. I'm so excited to talk about tea with you because you feel like you're the total expert on tea, having done everything that you've done. How long have you been in the tea game for? I have been in the tea game since I could drink tea. Um, I grew up in a family where we had about four cups of tea a day, British uh, expats. And so tea was a really big part of my life for my whole life. But I professionally have been in tea now for nine years, and I'm a certified tea sommelier. Cool. A little bit tea obsessed over here. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so the first question I have for you, it might seem a bit obvious, but let's just start with like a basic. What is tea? Oh, that is a loaded question. You know, you would think that that would be a simple answer, Leanne, but let me tell you, I think it's sort of evolved over the years to mean anything that you put hot water on and then drink out of a vessel that might look like a mug, right? I mean, it's really broad. However, technically, tea is a specific plant. It's called Camellia sinensis, and it is a native plant to various parts of the world. And depending on how it's finished, you're going to achieve a green tea, a white tea, an oolong tea, or a black tea. It's actually all the same plant, which is pretty neat. So when you think about tea, traditional teas, green teas, black teas, those are most often 100% tea leaves, which is that Camellia sinensis plant. However, today we have so many blends, right? It's so exciting. There's so much stuff going on with tea. And so you can still have black teas that have other ingredients in them and green teas with other things. Uh, but it's, it's really up for your own interpretation. There's a lot of wiggle room now with the term tea. Clearly, because you're a sommelier, so there's got to be <laughs> enough out there for you to become an expert in and know all the tastes and everything like that. So There's two aisles I will not go in in the uh, grocery store, and that's the feminine product <laughs> aisle and yes. the tea aisle, because there's so many of them now. I'm sorry, I can't do it. It just stresses me out. I mean, I got to say, I'm going to have to go take a Prozac just to settle down now that I'm thinking about it. But it's one of those aisles that has so much choice now. I don't know where to start. It's unbelievable. The amount of choice out there right now can be very overwhelming. Um, and then I think it's also about, you know, what does tea mean to you? So the ritual of tea is something that's different for every person. And some people come to tea at a part of their day where they want to relax. Um, Some people use it in the the morning to get a bit of energy. Um, And then you've got those people who are like, I'm a coffee person. And and it's almost like they're 
you know, they're religious about it or something. Like you can have both, you know, you can start your day with coffee and then you can move on to tea and it's okay. Right. Uh, when I started doing tea training at restaurants, I'd be like, okay, hands up people. Who's a tea drinker. And these small little hands would come up slowly. It's almost <laughs> like they were embarrassed. Like what's up with that? And I think it's because, you know, tea drinkers have this reputation for being a little bit fussy. Uh, and certainly in restaurants, they have a right to be because tea in restaurants, when I started my company, was not where it should or could have been. So that was sort of the first challenge was to fix restaurant tea. And that's how my company started in 2012. So it's become so much more interesting. And that's, that's what I wanted to get into was the interesting parts of tea, because I think tea can pretty much be made of anything. Is that is that right? Like a fruit or a herb? That's part of Chris's overwhelm, I think, in that aisle is like, yes. why have they put that in a tea bag? And is that actually going to taste any good? We all have different systems, right? We all have different bodies. We have different um, flavor profiles that we that we go to and think about and love and maybe don't love so much. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. There are roots, there are leaves, there are flowers, there are fruits. Um, the choices are really endless. I think if you're, you know, in the mood for something that is uh, non-caffeinated, your universe of choice is massive. So, you right. know, a great starting point might be a simple peppermint tea or a ginger tea. Uh, mm-hmm. Turmeric teas have become really popular lately mm-hmm. because they're uh, they're very good for us. Uh, natural anti-inflammatory, and you know, people really do love love that. You know, chai is a wonderful choice. If you're, if you love spice and you love flavor, that's a good starting point for something that's, you know, a little bit different than a black tea. I think the number two tea in the world that's sold, that's a black tea is the, uh, is Earl Grey. So our, mm-hmm. our number one selling tea is our Earl Grey cream and it has this lovely little vanilla note to it. Uh, and I, I would just encourage you to try, Chris. Like, don't be afraid. Get in there. <laughs> you know, go down that aisle. Oh, so, there are so many combinations that you mentioned turmeric and you mentioned ginger and you mentioned apricot. And at this, I'm wondering how much tea do you have to drink for the turmeric to actually be a beneficial thing to the body? Mm, a lot, right? That, I, well, okay. There's lots of different formats of tea too. So we should maybe touch on that. Oh, um, yeah. Right? Well, so yeah, they're, they're they're not helping the anxiety here, Jennifer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, so there's this whole trend right now with micro ground teas. I don't know if you've seen them in your local cafes. Um, the most popular one is definitely matcha, but we have a, a product that's called uh, harvest gold and it's a micro ground spice blend that has a lot of turmeric in it. So in that case, you'd be getting a maximum amount of turmeric. I mean, you're, you're, cause you're ingesting the whole product. You don't put it in a tea bag and then take it out you whisk ah. it with hot water and then you can add a nut milk or a dairy milk or whatever kind of milk you like um or drink it straight up or add it to a smoothie whoa, whoa, i mean these mu- straight up I now, know. wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> now, if, if i have all of that turmeric in me can i drive i mean if i get pulled over oh, by the police and i blow over because i got too much turmeric in me because jennifer said it was okay i'm giving them your phone number Okay. You know, I, I'm, I'm down for that. That's fine. You know, we don't, we don't deal with controlled substances here with Cluck Tea. Good, good. Um, you know, good. back in 2019, we were asked to do a couple of interesting oh, projects no. with some people, but we decided, you know, we're going to stay in our lane and, and make delicious, healthy teas that are uncomplicated and uncompromising and full of natural deliciousness. Yeah. Uh, and so turmeric is, is one of those ones. It's a, a definitely a very safe choice for you. I, I yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about turmeric and driving. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, I think you're good. So, so to that, then you can have loose leaf tea, 
-hmm. You can have tea bags. And then you've just added a third that I didn't have on my list and I totally forgot about, which is, what did you call it? Microgram. Microground. Okay. So because matcha is the leaves ground into the water and then you drink all of it. And as opposed to, as you said, it's in a bag and then you remove said bag. So you're getting a lot more of, I mean, I know that I have a matcha latte every now and then, and then gets to the bottom and then it's all powdery. And I, you know, I try and get it down because I know that's where really where the good (laughs) stuff is or stir it all the way through and then you don't end up with all the powder. Or just drink it faster, Leanne. Well, yeah, I could do that too, but you know, it's it's nice to kind of savor sometimes in the, in the morning too. So is there a better way to go? Other than understanding that when you have the whole leaf going in, what mm-hmm. about what's the difference with the bag and the loose leaf, let's say? Great question. So the loose leaf tea is really the traditional form of tea. That's how tea is sold to tea makers such as myself. Um, it is, you know, historically the way that tea has been bought and sold and steeped. And then there are all kinds of wonderful accessories, stainless steel or, or silver um, strainers and things that would catch those leaves and take them out of the drink for you. Uh, it's really a personal preference thing. There are people who are absolute purists who believe, you know, I will only drink loose leaf tea is the most, you know, it's the best way to do it. I, I love loose leaf tea myself because it gives those leaves lots of space to stretch out. You know, they're kind of like people, they want to stretch out and relax in the cup or the water. And that's where you're going to get, I think your best cup of tea. However, um, any way you drink tea is a great way to drink tea and tea bags have come a long way too. So now that's really about convenience and about, you know, just simplifying your tea routine. And there are parts of the day where I'll go, you know, all the way into, you know, a really interesting tea from a specific part of Japan and I have the right pot and I've got it loose. I might even take out a scale, you know, but that's a different part of the day than the first thing in the morning when I just need to get my Earl Grey right away. Yeah. possible. So I switch back and forth all the time. The product that's inside the tea bag is exactly the same as the product that we uh, sell that's loose, right? So okay. uh, we bag everything ourselves, we make everything ourselves. And so there's no difference in terms of ingredient quality. It's really just a delivery method that, you know, if you're running out the door and you've got a travel mug, throw a bag in there and hot water and you're good to go. Right. Okay. And did I read somewhere that there's some nasties like glue and stuff that you can find in some tea bags that you really don't want sitting in the hot water and sort of like melting, oozing into your turmeric, let's say, which is <laughs> supposed to be really healthy, but then you've got the glue crap that's going in there. Is that is that true or or this is a hot, is a hot tea button issue? Ah, okay. <laughs> We've hit it, Chris. We hit the big hot topic with tea. (laughs) Let me tell you guys, let me tell you. Okay. So I wouldn't go so far as to say it's a conspiracy, but there are certain brands in the world of tea that have not changed their ways and are still uh, using uh, filter papers that are bonded on the outside using um, polypropylene and polyethylene. So those two compounds are woven into this paper-like material. And then when it goes through the machine, it's heat sealed around the edges. Yeah. there have been many tests done on, you know, and, and all of this to say pluck tea does not have any plastic in our tea bags. And we go with a plant-based, fully compostable material that's actually made of non-GMO cornstarch. So we've decided not to uh, use those kinds of products. Uh, however, every so often somebody does an expose on plastic and tea bags, it pops up on your feed and everyone panics. I think right. the most important thing is to ask. So we get a lot of questions from our customers about what's in our tea, where is it coming from? 
what's in the tea bags. And we have all kinds of data and, uh, and, and information that we're happy to provide. And we're very transparent about where our tea bags are, you know, material is coming from. If you're asking a question, you're not getting a straight answer. I, I think that's, you know, not great. Um, right. and you can kind of draw your own conclusions. Um, but some of the largest brands in the world have had to come out and make a statement about plastic and tea bags recently. Yeah. So that also leads into the, the human health standpoint of the argument, right? Which is that, yes, there are some materials out there that are not, in my view, optimal that do mm-hmm. have polypropylene or polyethylene. However, there's been no study showing that there's any, you know, uh, negative impact to human health okay. in, in studies around the world. So otherwise it wouldn't be able to be sold, right? Of so course. They have all been tested and, and been proven to be safe. That said, I think... You know, anytime we can remove plastic from our products, we, we want to do that. So. Of course. Now, I know as a company owner and, and what, what you do, you work with a nutritionist who deals with the more health side of things. But within the scope of what you do, is there is there a particular tea that maybe you've put together as a combination that offer the most health benefits? Um, yeah. Any, any, anything that you can offer us in terms of a direction, even for Chris, of here, try the turmeric tea as the healthiest, if that's the direction that you're going if in or whatever. Need. Yeah, if there's one thing I need, it's direction. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, Chris, are you more of a ritualistic health person? Are you into the wellness thing? Are you deep breathing and meditating? Do you have apps that, you know, are you getting into that? Or are you are you more like you just want the right ingredient at the right time to solve a problem kind of guy? Yeah, that's more my thing. Okay, okay. Cause and effect. Got it. Okay, yep. so um, I would say that depending on what you are trying to achieve, there's lots of um, great options for you. And it really, if we're talking about the tea leaf itself, so Camellia sinensis, um, black tea or green tea would be the most uh, common examples. Those are loaded. I mean, that tea is loaded with antioxidants and polyphenols and flavor, flavonoids and, and things that are, are great at doing, you know, cell repair um, and, and are a very holistic way of approaching wellness and tea and, and do all kinds of wonderful things for cognitive health as well as cardiovascular health and the black tea side of things. So tea is full of goodness. And there's so many studies to prove that the pure ingredient of tea itself is incredibly healthy. If let's say you're dealing with something like a stomach ailment or you're just feeling a little bit a little bit down, some of the herbal teas are great choices. So something with ginger or cinnamon, uh, so a great option might be a chai. Uh, you get the benefits of those spices and, and you also get the benefits of, of a black tea in that example. Well, I mean, wellness and health and tea is such a big, it's just such a big question. I think every individual has their own goals in mind, uh, whether it's um, cleaning up their diet or, you know, trying to relax more at the end of the day, a sleepy time tea. You know, there's so many research, uh, pieces out now around the importance of sleep. I think right now, because of all the things we're dealing with in the world, it's sleep has been more elusive than, than it has been in the past. So, so something like chamomile, right? Very, very approachable. You can put honey in it, lemon in it, dress it up, dress it down, have it the way it is not bitter. It's, it doesn't need anything except it's just a wonderful product. That can be very helpful in relaxation. And we know that stress is a major contributor to negative health impacts as well. When you have tea time, you know, what's your goal? Is it to relax or is it to energize? What is it that you need from tea? And then it's just a matter of matching which tea is going to go with that, yeah. that state of mind. Could also just be a flavored water. 
another way of hydrating, but you don't actually like water. So I'll throw a tea bag in there and give it a little bit of zip of something else. Absolutely. I actually have a great recipe for what I call, and I hope the Gatorade company doesn't call me on this, but um, I call it nature's Gatorade. <laughs> so, you know, when you've got a little bit of tea left in the pot and you just, you don't want to really deal with it. Um, <laughs> maybe that doesn't happen to you, but <laughs> I, I drink a lot of tea guys. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. What I do is I put a little bit of this. You're going to laugh at this one. Pinch yeah. of sea salt. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is a common problem, guys. Come on. Okay. Uh, I am not dealing with the bottom of the teacup. <laughs> I'm just not. I don't want to wash the pot right now. <laughs> I just don't want to deal with it. I'm going to my room and I'm watching Grey's Anatomy. Get out of my hair. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> my point is don't waste it, Chris. Okay. Save it. Do okay. something with it. Okay. So I know we talked about agape. We were laughing about it earlier, but adding something sweet. So whether it's a natural sugar, you know, maple syrup is my choice usually. So a little bit of maple syrup in there, yep. a little bit of sea salt. I know it sounds crazy. Yeah. And you dilute that and you've got an incredible energy drink for, wow. post, for a post-workout. It's a great rehydrator because you've got the salts in there, you know, don't add too much salt. Okay. But um, one of my favorite teas for that is actually oolong uh, because it has this incredible sort of floral nutty flavor and like a really, you know, oversteeped oolong diluted with some maple syrup and a pinch of salt is my go-to after run wow. beverage. So yeah, absolutely. So many options for tea. I like that. I want to circle back to what you said about green tea. So green tea and black tea and white tea all comes from the same tea leaf. Green tea leaf is not different. This is amazing to me. It's, it's kind of like, if you think about wine, right. And, and the fact that a grape can create so many different outcomes, kind right. of the same with, uh, with tea. So the camellia sinensis plant, the leaves are harvested, just the yep. top, the top, the new growth. So there's three, usually okay. depending on where you are in the world, there's let's say in Japan, for example, there's three flushes a year. And those flushes is when that new growth pops up, those beautiful, tender, lovely leaves are then removed from the plant. And then they go through a washing process. And then in the case of Japanese green teas, they go through a steaming process. Hmm. And what that does is it starts to break down the cell structure a little bit. Um, from there, they get rolled and they get rolled in various different ways. And each tea factory has their own method. Um, and while they're rolling, they're oxidizing or fermenting. People use those terms interchangeably with tea. Okay. So as they're fermenting, uh, all kinds of enzymatic flavor transformations are happening in that leaf. It's creating all kinds of new compounds and new flavor notes. And then it goes through a drying process. Um, finally, after that, it's going to go to a refinery where they grade the teas and they do a final roasting of the tea. And so that, that's the journey of, let's say, a Japanese green tea. If it's going to become a matcha, it's a bit more complicated. They remove the stems from each leaf, if you can imagine. Uh -huh. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Not by time, hand. Time. Okay. I was going to say, <laughs> holy time consuming. I know. Um, no, they have these incredible machines that um, have these like digital eyes that, that look at the leaves and remove because the stem is a slightly different color. Okay. Um, so they remove the stem and then they blow the stems away. And what's left is just the, the beautiful leaf without the sort of stem part. And then that is dried very gently and carefully and then ground in stone. And in the case of our matcha, we use a stone grind, uh, grinding technique. So those stones rotate against each other very, very slowly. And that creates matcha. Uh, mm. And they have to do it slowly because if they go faster, it creates heat and it destroys the flavor profile of the matcha and it changes right. the color. So it's a long labor of love to make sort of those green teas. Um, in China, it's a little different. 
they're going to pluck those leaves probably by hand, whereas yep. in uh, Japan, it's mechanized. And then they're pan fired as opposed to steamed. So two different styles of green tea right there. Now let's wow. say we pluck our tea leaves and we roll them and yeah. we walk away for a while. Uh, okay. let's let them sit there for eight hours, nine hours. Um, they're going to keep oxidizing. So just like when we cut open an apple and you start to see that brown emerge on yes. the flesh of the apple, right? Or you bruise an apple, that bruise or that area tastes very markedly different than the fresh apple, right? That's exactly what's happening with tea leaves. So as we harvest them and we crush them, we break the cell wall structure of the leaves and then let them sit and age. They ferment or oxidize and then they, they spin off all these new flavor compounds, um, an interesting fact is oolong teas are halfway in, well, simply put, they're halfway or some way between a green tea and a black tea. Mm. Yeah. So, and okay. white tea isn't oxidized at all. White tea is plucked and it's left to dry, right? Or it's put through a heater, a, some sort of a, a drying system, wherever it is, okay. you, you know, you are in the world. Um, and, you know, sometimes they're plucked and just left out in the sunshine and okay. dried naturally. And that's a white tea style. Um, other times, you know, they're, they're processed a little bit differently, but really it's all about oxidization and the okay. oxidization scale is what determines whether it's a white tea, green tea, oolong tea, black tea. Now, as you were talking about where in the world the tea comes from, that makes me think of, you know, all the different places that, that a tea leaf could come from. And, you know, as tea is the second most consumed drink on the planet, how much do we need to worry about sprays or buying organic? Uh, mm. Where where does that fit into it? Because I've heard all sorts of things about sprays and tea leaves and things too. This is one you gotta kind of treat on a case by case basis. Uh, I don't think that it's it's not really correct to say that all tea and every ingredient in tea should be certified organic to be the healthiest product possible. Okay. I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, let's say a matcha, for example. Uh, the matcha that we purchase is from a Rainforest Alliance organically certified source in the southern tip of Japan for a few reasons. One, it's organic. You're eating that whole leaf, right? You're ingesting the whole plant. Yep. Uh, we want to make sure that it's, um, that it's clean and that it's the best thing for you. Some areas that are producing matcha are doing so under incredible, they put the plants under incredible stress when they produce matcha because the plants are covered and they block out the sunlight for a long time, which really hurts the plant mm. um, to some degree. Uh, <laughs> it recovers, so don't worry, but yeah. it stresses the plants. No, no plants were harmed for your no cup plants of were tea. Harmed. No. For your cup of tea. <laughs> the plants lived, guys. Yeah. Okay. But the, uh, the tea leaves are concentrating chlorophyll when they're put in the shade. You can imagine that when a plant is under stress, it needs more inputs. It's, it might need more nitrogen. It depends on the soil that's, soil type that it's in, but it might need more intervention. Yeah. So for, for instance, matcha, where we know that there's a lot of stress going on with the plant, we are going to gravitate to an organic uh, supplier because we want to make okay. sure that what's, what's happening there is, is good. Um, I should mention that all the teas that, that we sell, and then I think most Canadian tea companies sell, are um, vetted. Uh, so we have them tested by a lab, an independent lab. Uh, yeah. Eurofins is, is one that we use here in Toronto. And they test everything. And what they're looking for is maximum residue levels or MRLs. And those maximum residue levels for pesticides are extraordinarily tight and very low. That you know, What's allowable is, is very, very stringent. They're also testing and screening for pesticides that have been banned. Um, so interesting story. Uh, in one part of the world, they were using a product called endosulfin, which um, has been brought, it was broadcast sprayed 
for many years for tea fields, um, and it was very effective um, for pest control. Um, unfortunately, it had some side effects that you know some kids in the in the local areas were getting sick, um, and so it became a banned pesticide. Hmm. Of course, do you remember when we banned Freon? I know I'm like tying together air conditioning and tea here. <laughs> Stay with me. <laughs> so when Freon was banned in Canada, what yeah. happened, right? All the people that fixed air conditioners and refrigeration systems bought as, as much of it as they could, right? Because it's going uh, away. So there's a panic buy. So sometimes those things can happen in the tea world or in any agricultural universe where right. you're you're trying to do something on a large scale. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, those are things that we look out for and we ask a lot of questions about. And we also go to the tea fields and take a look. There are also some negative things about organic, if you can believe it. Um, Organically grown teas in some parts of the world actually contribute to deforestation in an accelerated way because inherently they yield less tea per acre. Right. So that's why I say I think it's a case-by-case basis. There are also a lot of amazing growers that we work with. In fact, one in in Ontario, uh, which is our lavender farm, and the lavender farm grows everything in an organic style, but they can't afford, they're small. Like they can't afford right. the, the organic certification process is it's huge. immense. It's immense. Yeah. We go through it every year for our teas and it's an expensive thing and it's a complicated thing. Um, it's a very worthwhile thing for us. So we have many organic teas, uh, but it is not insignificant in terms of cost and complexity. So when you're right. dealing with a farm that sells out of their product every single year without certification, they don't really have an impetus to... Really so interesting on the whole tea front and then also, you know, also the health benefits. It's something that people maybe don't necessarily think about or they don't use it as their kind of go to herbal medicine sort of thing. I've been to many herbalists over the years of, you know, get all sorts of Chris is choking on his tea now. (laughs) (laughs) I think I I got some of that free on you were talking about. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, like, you know, I've had, I've had from herbalists over the years, fascinating combinations that, you know, don't taste so good, but they seem to do the trick with whatever it it was that I was going for. And, and I have definitely seen that before. So it's uh, it's really is a whole other world that's out there. And I mean, to speak to, to, to your product, my personal experience was how I came to you was at work. We have, um, there is a coffee truck that goes around called fleets coffee and I'm a coffee lightweight. We talked about that with Dr. B didn't we? Chris, I can't do the full caffeine thing. And uh, so when in the office, when we're, when we're getting, uh, you know, we're getting some, some tea or coffee or whatever, I now have the matcha latte with oat milk. And still sometimes by the time I get to the bottom of it, if I haven't eaten much, I go shaky. And that's just, that's just with matcha. So it really packs a caffeine punch as well as all of the extras. So there are times where I try and really push people more towards the tea because you get the hit of caffeine, if that's what you're after, as you said, and you also get those health benefits too. So I can definitely say if you're looking for a kick, then your, your matcha has got it going on. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you're a fan of the matcha. And yes, um, use with caution. I mean, there's this huge trend now to cooking <laughs> with matcha. <laughs> so I will say that a friend of mine went out um, to a beautiful dinner before all of you know the, the world happened over the last year. Um, and she was with her daughter, who was six years old. 
and uh, they ordered the matcha cheesecake for dessert, which wow. sounded like a completely logical thing to do sure. first. Yeah. yeah, the kid did not go to sleep until two in the morning. <laughs> oh no! And no. then there's there's also my 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 kids quite like the matcha ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's that right. one, too. Just but follow, yeah. it up, follow it up with a nice chamomile ice cream. That'd be fine. That, yeah. Exactly. That's exactly. See, you're learning, Chris. This is great. <laughs> well, to just to quickly finish off, I know that you're just about to start a really cool initiative. So can you just yes. really, really quickly tell us a little bit about that, too? Oh, for sure. So uh, we you know, I think it's it's pretty well known now that food security in Canada is not what it once was. And there are a lot of people who unfortunately are having trouble getting breakfast on the table. Um, a lot of those people have kids who are in schools across the nation. And there's this incredible group called the Breakfast Club of Canada. Mm-hmm. I've worked with and them too. The Breakfast Club of Canada is yeah. a phenomenal organization that provides students across the nation with free, healthy breakfasts in a safe and warm environment. And we couldn't think of a better group to partner up with. So we created a blend called the Canadian Breakfast, and it's a beautiful breakfast tea. It's 100% black tea leaves, and uh, it's available uh, online at plucktees.com. And for every unit sold, we're donating $2 to Breakfast Club of Canada so they can get more breakfasts into the uh, into the hands of the people. Thank you. That's Thank incredible. you for all that you do. It's amazing. I will put Thank you. your details. Jen's very kindly offered a giveaway of a $75 uh, gift card to use wow. on uh, plucktees.com. So yes, thank you very much. That's super generous. So I'll give you all of those details, uh, listeners, on how you can how you can be a part of that too. And then you get to try out Jen's tea. Yay! So, so it's win, 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 win. If I if I quit now, does that mean I can still qualify? As long as I just, as long as I, I back out of the room now? <laughs> You, you can you can go to sproutright.com uh, forward slash pluck tea and you can enter too. You guys I think. are sweet. Uh, it's so nice. I know. I know. Well, it was nice of him to help us out, Leanne, right? Yeah, I know. We couldn't do this without him. We'd no. be lost. No, no, no. He has, he has his place. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jen, for joining us today and sharing some of your wisdom uh, from, from all that you do with your business. Thanks Excellent. so much for having me. You're welcome. Drink more tea. (laughs) Especially you, Chris. (laughs) Any information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at SproutRight.com or LeannePhillipson.com. Okay, that was great, wasn't it, Chris, with Jennifer? Oh my gosh, she's so knowledgeable about tea. And what I want to know from listeners is, do you have a favorite tea? Mine is the go-to, as I said, is my Earl Grey tea, which I have, of course, with my shortbread in the afternoon. Yes. Not every day. That's all this but, is. That's all your love of tea. But it's synonymous. No, 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 no. Your love of tea is just to connect with those cakes. That's the only reason why it's you even bring it up. That's right. It's just all about the shortbread. Oh, it's deadly because sometimes I think, oh, I really fancy a cup of Earl Grey. And then I have to stop myself and say, oh, 
with no, that. Yeah. don't don't want the shortbread today. <laughs> like sometimes it's really quite funny. I laugh at myself now about this one because we've talked about it so much on the podcast. So I also love a really spicy and warming tea called Bengal spice. Really found everywhere. It's got just a bit of sweetness, but a real like almost grounded flavor. And then I'm also part quite partial and have been drinking while we've been recording a Gen Mecha tea, which is green tea with roasted brown rice. Now I tend to have that one more in the morning for a little bit of oomph because, you know, I can't deal with the coffee thing. I have a cupboard dedicated to tea and a stunning collection of teacups and saucers that some have been handed down to me. And whenever I come across a new teacup, it's like, it's almost like most women in shoes. I'm like, oh, oh, that's so beautiful. And look at the colors and look at the flowers or whatever. So I've, you know, I've stopped myself many a time from coming home with yet another uh, teacup and saucer because we don't really use them enough, which is quite silly. Now, I didn't love green tea for the longest time because it just has like a bitter kind of edge to it that I didn't really love. And way back when, when I was on on the air with uh, one of our colleagues, Chris, uh, Jerry Agar, he was having five coffees a day. And I was like, dude, we've got to try something else because this is just not helping your health. So I tried to push him onto the matcha tea, which was not an easy thing to do. So for Christmas one year, I gave him some powder and then one of those little whisk mixer things. And he looked at me like, what are you doing? (laughs) Because I'm not so sure that it's stuck but he did do it for a little bit because his producer becky was like come on let's try and have tea so he's like he needed the accountability from it i'm trying to picture gruff uh jerry agar and his little tiny whisk with yeah as he's mixing his tea he did tell me he did tell me that the little whisk was super useful for some cocktails so i think it got some use but maybe not for the matcha tea that it was intended yes right exactly exactly now jerry also complained always about his sore knees so this was a problem for him because he stands as he does his radio show. So that was an issue. And I wanted him to have those anti-inflammatory benefits that come from the catechins, the ECGCs, so that it would help his, his sore knees. And at the time, his blood pressure was also climbing. So I wanted those polyphenols, which are the family of organic molecules that just come from plants. They have such far-reaching benefits and everything. They're all antioxidants. So they all help. So I'm giving you this example just to show how how many touch points there are just from a cup of tea. And did you know that you can make green tea even healthier if you put a squeeze of lemon into it? I didn't know that before. And this morning, as I made a cup of green tea on purpose to put in lemon and thought, oh, well, I've just got some more health benefits from that. Then I thought, oh, that's actually not that bad. And it took the edge of that bitterness off. So I thought, oh, okay, I think maybe I'll do that in the future. Lemon, well, that boasts its own antioxidant profile already with good amounts of immune supporting vitamin C. So it can't hurt to squeeze that little bit of lemon juice into that morning cup of green tea. And better yet, apparently, you can add the zest in too because it It has its own compounds of antioxidants in it. And you know what that took me to when I thought about the lemon peel, Chris? What's that? What happens when I have my twist of lemon in my martini? (laughs) Is that helping? Obviously. (laughs) From a a health standpoint, 
the, the only thing is that I was like, oh, I guess that means that I have to down the lemon zest and eat it too, which is not so nice to do and, and might ruin the end of my martini. But anyway, you know, the rabbit hole that I was, that I was headed down as I was thinking about all this lemon stuff from tea to martinis. Just put more <laughs> vodka in the martini and you'll be so numb by the bottom. It won't matter what's down there. Exactly. It'll, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so to get you to the other side of the fence from coffee, I hope that Jennifer has inspired you and also the fact that she's offered a $75 gift card as a giveaway that you can use on plucktees.com. So head over to sproutright.com forward slash plucktea without an S. It'll pop up and then you can add in your email there and then that will that will enter you for this tremendous giveaway. For anyone that's listening to this, this is going to be open until March 15th. 2021 as you might listen to this after that date then then that giveaway will be closed so remember that drinking tea is also a really good way to hydrate i'm curious to know what's your favorite what do you like to add to it do you add lemon do you not do you add milk or not and of course i'm still looking for the perfect earl gray to try and if it's not jennifer's one that she said that i could that i could try out then i want to know what it is that you're drinking So go forth, drink tea, and see how you feel. Let me know on social media, on either Leanne Phillipson or SproutRight handles on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, remember to please eat this one mouthful at a time. Drink more tea. (laughs) Especially you, Chris. (laughs) 